Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey, all you nice and wonderful people, fans, everybody. As you know, Green Bay lost uh, today, Unex- inexplicably, unexplainable, unfathomably lost today to the Seahawks. Um, you know, this has been it's been really rough on me the last couple of hours. So, you know, I'm just just to give you an update, I immediately kicked my dog in the face as hard as I could. Um, I delivered divorce papers to my wife. I uh, drank three bottles of whiskey straight from the bottle. And uh, then I bet our life savings on the Indianapolis Colts before their game started. Uh, so, needless to say, things have fallen apart in my life. I, I'm... Uh, you know, leaving my family and everything. I'm moving to uh, to New Orleans, and I'm going to be a bouncer in a strip club there on Bourbon Street. Um, I've changed my name from Matt Carter to Mart Carlson, and uh, you know, I, you know, I probably won't be around. I, I, you probably won't be seeing me around anymore. I mean, you know, unless you're in New Orleans, come come see me. I have two for one drink specials, I think. But Toby and Joey, I mean, I can't speak for them, but it's it's possible that they'll still they'll still keep doing Bad Christian, the podcast, and everything, and uh, they're going to be doing live shows next week. The podcast live in Indianapolis, Nashville, Atlanta, and Charleston. That's the 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st of this month. Go to badchristian.com forward slash bcpod live to get your tickets. You can even get them for free. You can get on a waiting list, or you can name your own price and register your ticket right now. Um, the great news is these shows are going to fill up. They're almost full now. If you're in the BC Club already, thank you. You get in free. If you want to get on the waiting list, that's free. But for the rest of you, I would strongly suggest join the BC Club today. You get in free or name your own price for a ticket. And, and uh, you know, go hang out with Toby and Joey soon. And who who knows? I, I'm feeling a little better already now that I hear the theme music from my podcast. So maybe I'll show up too. You know, when it comes to the game, we the biggest thing in town. Three, two, one, but hit it. Bump. Yo, this is bad Christian. All these other chumps and punks thinking they can be in the game like us. So take that, Joel Osteen Ministries. We big. Take that, One Year Daily Audio Bible. We big. Take that, Tim Keller Podcast. We real big. Take that, John Piper. Take that. We big. And guess what? No way, Daily Hope with Rick Warren. All right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Thank you, Toby, for the intro. We appreciate I it. I basically wanted just to let everybody else know, in the game, we we roll, we run it. Yo, We're the we major player. Shit, we run dog. this shit. Yo, no. we run it. I this. want them to know. Okay. I want John Piper to fear our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I do want to say thank you to everybody out there because we, uh, if you type in, this is what I heard at least from 
our drummer Dave, who does web stuff, he says if you type in Christian Podcast or Christian Podcasts in Google, we're the first one that comes up. Dang! Wow. That is pretty, pretty good. Cool. We're not number one on the charts, but in Google search results, we are big. We got it. Dang. Well, I mean, Joel Osteen is scared. Yeah, we about to take over YouTube too, dog. Yes, we are. We actually have all of our episodes on YouTube now. We are revamping our YouTube channel, making it all look official and everything. So Please, let's talk normal, people. No more youth <laughs> ministers. I can't take it. <laughs> I set us up. I, I, I went too far. We couldn't pull back out of it, man. You saved us, man. The beatbox intro is already too much youth minister G talk for me. I like regular old people talk myself. So what were you saying about YouTube, Joey? Go hard joy so guys check check it check it all the bad christian <laughs> podcast episodes are available on our youtube page so you can head over to youtube.com slash x bad christians x so that's youtube.com slash x bad christians uh, we're putting out video updates every Thursday, and check this out. Every Thursday included will be a promo code for a discount on in our uh, Bad Christian store, so those perks can only be found at this YouTube channel. Joey, you didn't use your G voice, but your reading and advertisement voice is still a pretty weird voice. It's just like a natural thing you go to. Uh, I, I think it's like when you re- you do it when you read something. Yeah. No, I know what it is. It's when he feels like it's something's more formal than normal. He does it to make it sound less formal. I think by it's being just when goofy. he's reading something. I think, or he's not totally sure. He just sticks with the page and then reads it slow. So you, you don't huh. your your tempo like slows down and then speeds up and then slows down. Which is why you were kicked out of Emory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, totally. I mean, totally. it was it was the number one reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> so I, I woke up Sunday and I pissed a bunch of blood. Now tell the tell the whole story. You were in an alley and you'd been cut. <laughs> 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 Another one of the Spencer Benders. <laughs> well, I actually have kidney stones, so this is not totally abnormal. Basically, the blood is because the kidney stone uh, detached from the kidney, but it was the blood. <laughs> 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 that makes me feel so weak. Yeah, that's I awful. promise. That makes me feel weak. Would Would Jessica be mad if I? Told people kind of how she freaked out about the uh, no because nothing you haven't done anything so no she wouldn't. all right so listen to this yeah, Matt will. this is hilarious I texted Toby and Jessica I just like to text people girls husbands too it's just a habit I get into he does it when he pisses blood <laughs> but I said hey I know Jessica has some pain medication and there's a chance that I could be having some really bad kidney stone pain at church and. I need to have some pain medication on hand. If you don't want to, that's fine, but I'd appreciate it. So she texted back immediately. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> what she so got? She, Percocet, oxycodone? Yeah, yeah. So Toby is at my house Sunday watching the Green Bay Packers stomp all over the Dallas Cowboys, and he was just like, dude, I'm like, he said, I'm, I'm losing my mind with how Jessica worries about stuff. So I, I want you to tell it, Toby, because it, it sounds funnier. Basically, Jess is just worried that Joey, she said, hey, listen, she called me at work a couple times, finally I answered. She said, hey, I know Joey's a big boy, and he's taking 
prescriptions before, but please tell him, do not drive. <laughs> if he drives and gets in a wreck, I'll go to jail. She's going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not kidding. <laughs> she's, I mean, she was really worried. She just thought, I mean, she's never done that before. She thinks it's illegal and, and you know, you, she's not just giving you a couple of medicine. You know, she thinks, uh, Joey's going to go drive, kill people in the car, and then that's it. So, but what what I was thinking is, did would she really think that like if I died in a car wreck, Priscilla would press charges on Jessica for giving me that medicine? I don't think that, but <laughs> I mean, she just thinks maybe you would kill somebody, you would get in a wreck and kill somebody else, and then they would find those prescriptions, and somehow she'd be linked to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Accessory yeah. I mean, to your manslaughter. I mean, you are. You're scary. You know what I mean? Like you do, you make you make poor choices. You make a lot of bad decisions. So it's a, I understand that. So, but right now you aren't in pain, or you are. You have not taken any of the medicine, right? So. I haven't needed it. So I am start like I started earlier today, having a little bit of pain. But it, as long as it doesn't go past a certain threshold, um, that's unnecessary. So. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing up there in Seattle? I'm doing good. I was just thinking, I wanted to ask you guys, Are you? we're doing this one a little later at night, which is a lot of fun, so I'm figuring, do, y'all, do you guys have beer over there where you are? Oh, that brings on a whole story on its own. Yep, nope. You uh, don't? We don't have beer. We're, we're, we're fasting motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Our church does a 21-day fast after New Year's sometimes. It starts the Sunday after New Year's. And I've chosen to kind of give up all the good stuff. So basically, and by the way, I'm blowing my rewards right so now. So vegetables, okay. uh, <laughs> all the healthy stuff is what Joey's giving up. According to the Bible, my rewards are, are shot now. My, yeah, fast, no. my fast is worthless. It really is. <laughs> I uh, So my fast is I've decided to, I fast lunch every day. And then every other day I do breakfast as well. And uh, it's, it's a... I was trying to explain it today. I feel like something about not eating now is like good. Like I don't feel good. I don't have energy. <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm a little, maybe even potentially a little grumpy, but there's some, and Andy at work today was saying maybe it was control or something. And maybe that's it, but it's really weird. Like, uh, Devin and Matt, y- y'all remember the, uh, episode of Seinfeld where they just wanted to keep going on the empty tank of gas. Remember they were like basically out of gas, but they just wanted to keep going. Yeah. And, and so I'll, it really is, feels like that. Like the other day, I didn't eat until about 7 or 8 p.m. at night, and it was like a crazy feeling, but I kind of liked it. Like it was like a sickness that I wanted to hold on to or something. Like it, it was almost like the opposite. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird feeling. I wonder if people with eating disorders identify with that. I bet they do. I don't know. I, I mean, I've never felt this way in my life. You look at any picture of me at any point in my life, I've never enjoyed not eating. But, I mean, something about it right now, like I'm, I'm, it's like it's, it, I'm not happy about it, I maybe would even want to eat, but there's something about this like kind of cool. Like I maybe I could just keep going and not eat at all, yeah, or something. I don't know. It's really strange, and it, and it hasn't been like I haven't really lost that much weight or anything. It's not like uh, really crazy, but it's just a, it's a really really strange feeling, yeah, uh, that I kind of like. Well, that you may have that might be you replace one thing with another instead of being addicted to alcohol. Now you're addicted to weight loss and being hungry. Matt, do you control. think that <laughs> we we talked about this? Do you think that you could fast? like Jesus did, eating nothing and hold down a job, be a dad, be a husband, travel to and fro, go get groceries and that sort of thing? Or do you think Jesus was able to do that because it was just him, didn't have anything to do but pray and seek God? Like scientifically, can you go about your business and not eat? Yeah, I don't see why not. No, you can't. You cannot. That's not true. Um, 
Yeah, you you don't have any energy. Like I just read an article about. Fasting. Oh, you'd have less energy. Did, yeah. A guy did a fi- a five day fast. No, maybe it was a six day fast. Anyway, um, so he had to go. It's a it's an actual like clinic, and you go in there, and basically all you have is water, and they watch you and watch your vitals and all that stuff, and they tell you don't go anywhere or walk, really do anything because you'll probably be dizzy and have hallucinations and everything. (laughs) And he did. So the first three days are terrible. He said it was the worst. He didn't eat anything, which is kind of the way I felt. Like the first three days are just kind of fasting. And I mean, I still would eat dinner and stuff, even breakfast some. But uh, if it does, it feels miserable. But I think the first week Jesus was in the wilderness, it was awful. I don't think he did much. I think he laid there. I think he probably prayed, just drank some water, and and that was about it. But then after that, I think – like the guy in this article, he said that he felt like he could keep going. And a lot of people, the big one is like a 21-day fast. Like you just you just go for it. And I was like, man, that'd be crazy to not eat for 21 days. I kind of want to try that, but I don't think I could. I don't think I can. Yeah. But G- Jesus did. Toby, did you say a second ago Devin was on this thing? Did you say Devin? Yeah. Old Devin Shelton's on. Oh, Devin He's Shelton. on the line right now? Uh, yeah, Devin. Devin, what's up, buddy? What's How up? did you get here? How did you get on here? Oh, I just, I just kind of got lost. <laughs> All right, Devin, you came in De- extra early, so you're gonna hang out with us for the whole episode. Does that sound cool to you? Yeah, man, I hope so. So, Devin, if you want to hang in with us on the whole episode, that that'll be cool. Um, so as we're talking all this food stuff, I can't really help it. I do have a s- slight science segment prepared to talk about food science just a little bit or a way to look at it. But uh, I don't know if we're a little bit over time here. Joey, are we supposed to do an X3 spot here? Yeah, let's hit that up real quick. You know, speaking of fasting, Matt, Toby, and I are trying to fast forever pornography <laughs> yes we are it is a lifetime fast but i get hungry sometimes oh the, the hunger comes <laughs> what do you do when the hunger comes when the hunger comes it's not what you do when the hunger comes it's what you do before the hunger comes and what we've done before the hunger comes is <laughs> <laughs> we have x3 watch on our computers downloaded on that baby so basically you download this program put in some accountability partners digitally and then you kind of have people that are are virtually watching you what how that works is toby's one of my partners matt as well if i go on a pornographic site they get word of it through an email you can go to x3watch.com forward slash bad christian and get the premium subscription to x3 watch for half off now there's also a free subscription there as well so you might as well just go over there and at least get that but we are excited to offer you a half off or actually x3 watch is offering that we're excited to be able to promote that so how are you guys been doing with pornography and all that sort of thing i'm on a pretty clean streak for for a while here so i'm I'm rolling pretty good to tell you the truth yeah but you could just be hiding it because it's really bad right now that is true that's true this could be like the darkest point where i don't want to tell anybody yeah but no we would have gotten word yeah i mean you would have found out through x3 watch unless i've had oh that's true that's true i didn't think about that matt's not a liar man that software really works yeah (laughs) wow that's what i like about it is you can get it on your tablet your phone and your desktop computer laptop whatever Awesome. So x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. Very good, Joey. Very good. One more thing that we got to tell you. Sorry for all the promotional stuff, but this one's important. Uh, BC and Triple X Church are co-operating, hosting. We're doing a webinar 
uh, that we wanted to tell you about. You may have seen it already on social media, but it's uh, it's along the lines of the porn and the women and the, the, the M-word that we did. So this webinar is called Five Myths About Women, Sex, and Porn. And so if you want to sign up for that, you go to x3.cm forward slash bad Christian or find the link in the uh, you know episode description here. And this webinar is going to be uh, led by a female named Shelly, and she's going to talk about uh, these topics, sex, women, porn, that kind of thing. Now, uh, let's see, where's my information here? This thing's... Thursday, January 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be live. It's going to be streaming, so go sign up right now. You just put your email in, and then if you miss it or can't catch it live, it'll be emailed to you, but you can't find it later, so you have to sign up ahead of time, and then you can watch it later or watch it live. Five myths about women, sex, and porn, and that's Bad Christian and Triple X. There you go, everybody. Okay, so Devin, I want to do a science uh, lesson. You ever heard any of my science segments on here before? You ever heard any of them? I, I heard a couple of them on here, and I've heard about a thousand in real life, so I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm used to it. Okay, well, here we go. Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology, mathematics, gravitation, electromagnetism, evolution. And now it's time for Science Lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. All right. Now, when it does come to food and food science, I'm, I think Christians are actually not that bad at it. Half of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, I think they do a good job at, and half of it, not such a good job at. But what I want to talk about today is I want for people to uh, know how to think about and talk about look at and assess food and how to teach it to their families. I notice it because I'm when Georgia's eating, I'm trying to figure out what is she eating and, and what is it, and I'm always thinking of how stuff works and what are the component parts, and that's the way that I look at food. So when, when we're feeding Georgia, we just talk about vegetables, carbs, and protein. So she knows protein. That's the first thing that she learns when she's you know eating food is she says protein. So she knows what, you know, that's meat essentially or anything it's else. protein like pizza? There's protein on the pepperonis of pizza, Joey, yes. So what, what I make it a point to do is let her learn. Because how old were you before you really knew what protein was or carbohydrates? I mean, it didn't even come up even when we were learning in middle school, you know, before those things. And they still weren't stressed, but I find them to be very important. So when you're looking at your food, this is the categories. These are the things that I think are most important when you're deciding on your diet is you look at food based on if it's in its categories of protein, vegetables, carbs, and dairy. So that's the main thing that you do is just understand each of your foods, how much of them are those component things. And protein obviously being the most important part of that. So protein and vegetables. Carbs are really what I think are the worst food and should be not always avoided, but as much as possible. So if you're eating a high protein and high vegetables, you're in great shape. Even if it's steak and salad, don't, I don't even obsess over whether or not it's lean meat or not, as long as you're not putting a lot of carbs in there. And I could explain that if anybody has any questions, but I think that's just a general good idea. Then, So a bacon diet, and I'm being serious, I mean, that's not going to eventually ruin you? Okay, I'll put it this way. If you ate bacon every day, if you ate eight strips, ten strips of bacon every day, but you never had carbs, let's say you had 30 or 40 grams of carbs a day, it would not hurt you. 
your body burns things in a certain order. So here's here's the way the order that your body burns fuel. It first burns toxic fuel, which would be like alcohol or anything that's uh, really bad. It, ha- it deals with that very first. Then the next thing it deals with are the simple sugars, uh, uh, the carbs, and the stuff that is very easy to be dealt with. So the the fuel, like if you had a Snicker bar, that will get burnt before your steak or the egg you just ate. And so if and then after that, it'll start dealing with the fats and the oils and stuff like that. So since so many people eat too many carbs, it never gets your body never gets to deal with the fats and the oils that you give it, and then they're stored. And since you're perpetually burning off these surface level carbs, you're never burning your stored fat or using the cholesterol and fat that you intake. So if you weren't filling it up with carbs first, your body would deal with those things efficiently and straight away, and you would be healthy. Your heart would be healthy. A low-carb diet is good for both uh, heart disease patients and it avoids diabetes. So the other thing to consider in that is people say, but carbs, good carbs or whatever, Don't worry about that. Worry about this. There's a thing called the glycemic index, and that just means how fast your body's able to turn a a carbohydrate into uh, glucose, which is your blood sugar. So white bleach sugar or a pretzel or a bagel, those things are very high on the glycemic index. They spike your blood sugar really high. They cause diabetes. They they make your body recover and, and have to make a bunch of insulin just to counteract them. And then, guess what? Those are the same things that make you feel bad and groggy, and they burn f- pretty quickly. And then it starts to cycle over, and you feel like you're starving again. When you eat a nice, protein-heavy diet, you don't feel starving and full. You feel neither one very much. I'm just going to go ahead and say what I can think Joey and Devin and is, are thinking. This sounds like that evolution bullshit. <laughs> You're just trying to pull something over our heads. Oh, don't eat carbs. Not in my America. You don't need to be a uh, food nerd or snob about these things let me tell you some things you don't need yeah to- you're the exact opposite of that keep talking let, <laughs> let me tell you what you don't need to worry about is gmos gluten bpas or eating food from the microwave don't worry about those things focus on just understanding what is the parts of your food and and what that is don't say that's uh, good because i don't even know what a lot of those are good so that's the part of stuff that i like that christians they never worry about those kinds of things but they eat too many carbs so for all the hippie kind of stuff those things are are way uh overblown i should say i'm not gonna say there's no merit to them well, the fact that it's processed or has preservatives is not usually the concerning thing. It's usually what else is in it and the fact that it's unhealthy, could could be unhealthy food. Like, does a Twinkie have a lot of preservatives? Yes, but it's also the simplest, highest converting glycemic sugar you could have, which is the bigger problem. Same thing with Don't McDonald's. Don't eat the glutasada <laughs> The glutasakimamate is all. <laughs> Monosodium. Do not eat The glutasakimamate is no good. I know that one. When I've read that, I <laughs> Matt, great science segment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Is there it, more? No, I just wanted to make I didn't know if they would have any objections to the people about gluten and GMOs and modified this and that. Those things don't worry about them. I think we do eat too many carbs for sure, but I think carbs are probably fine. Like I think I like for example, for me, for me for sure, like I've done low carb and and paleo diets, uh very low low zero to low carb diets a ton and I do not have the energy to like exercise that I do when I eat carbs. So carbs do fuel my workouts, my runs, biking, all that stuff. So I think those are really good, but healthy carbs for sure. I mean, you're right. I mean, bagels and bleached white bread and all that stuff. And I mean, right. So know. the tool there's the, the glycemic index. So you would advocate for carbs that are low on the glycemic index. 
brown rice and complex grains and things like that that don't spike your blood sugar and don't make you feel terrible and they do give you energy and use carbohydrates for what they should we just find that most people way overdo it on the carbohydrates and the high glycemic ones at that yeah, you just sound like a seattle liberal to me though it's really kind of mm-hmm. scaring me mm-hmm. well i think matt ideally i think if because carbs i mean obviously they're not all terrible like you were saying but i think if we ate fruits and vegetables and got our carbs only from those primarily i think it would be all good yeah i'm not even telling anybody what they should eat i'm saying uh, look at all your foods by their categories don't say did this come from mcdonald's did this come from whole foods look at what it is you're eating and evaluate it by protein vegetables carbs dairy and then across the glycemic in when it's carbs look at it across the glycemic index scale and you'll be able to make really good evaluations on your own and not worry about fad diets or other stuff just understand the components of your food that's what i advocate so you're saying there there's no difference in eating an organic beef patty from whole foods cooked on your grill than there is of eating a patty that was going to be on a big mac um i'm saying the difference there is way 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 overblown by people's biases that they tend to look for so i'm not advocating mcdonald's or shunning whole foods i'm saying understand your food if you're eating mcdonald's you're going to eat french fries and the buns and a coke those are bad things they sell bread and potatoes and sodas organic sodas at whole foods and they're just as bad those are the bad things. It's not necessarily the meat or the pickles or the, the things that you are eating at McDonald's. So pay attention to the, your component parts of your food. That's all I'm saying. Learn them. Matt, I'm a little bit disappointed in your science segment this week. I apologize. And uh, I kind of want to throw down a challenge to you. What's that? Well, you know, uh, episodes in the past, I've kind of made some jokes at Joey's expense about, you know, Joey's kind of overweight. I don't know if y'all remember that, right? No. Like I would say stuff like earlier episodes. I said Joey's so fat he smokes hams after sex. (laughs) 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 But like I said earlier, Matt, this this science segment makes me think you're dumb. Uh huh. Uh, So I want I want to make some jokes at your expense, but these jokes are science jokes at your expense. So I want to see how smart you are because this time you made me think you're a little dumb. So I'm gonna. I want you to explain the joke if you get. It. If you're really smart, you'll exp- you'll explain these jokes. Okay. I don't know if you're gonna you're gonna get it or not. I'll try. I'll do my best. All right. See if you can explain it. Matt is so stupid. He thinks the Large Hadron Collider is a gay <laughs> porn film. <laughs> the Large. Can you explain that joke? If you could read it right, it's the Large Hadron Collider. It's the thing w- collider. They, yeah, it, it's it's a particle accelerator between uh, that, that's underneath France and Switzerland in a tunnel where they try to accelerate things up, and they were looking for the Higgs boson. Next. Whatever, boring. Next, Matt is so Matt is so <laughs> dense. He got his own event horizon. <laughs> event horizon being the perimeter of uh, we've covered this before of a. The point of no return for light in a black hole. So once you cross the event horizon, nothing. Oh, really? Is Mr. Smarty Pants thinks that. he's really smart. Well, guess what? Matt is so dumb. He thinks that the Lorenz Fitzgerald contraction is what happened right before Bridget had the baby. <laughs> <laughs> the lens. Say that again. I don't. I can't pronounce. Lorenz Fitzgerald contraction. Lorenz Fitzgerald contraction. That is the. I believe that that's time contraction due to gravity length contraction is the phenomenon of the a decrease in length measured by the observer of an object which is traveling at any non-zero velocity relative to the observer you stupid as hell (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, I got a couple more for you. You, you want some more? Yeah, hit me. Matt is so round, there's a formula for calculating his volume. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was pretty easy. Matt, oh, how about this one, Matt? Matt, you are so fat that you bend light. Uh, Einstein predicted that with relativity that light would be bent by massive gravitational objects, and he predicted that it would happen, but there was no, it couldn't be tested, and there was a, an ecli- uh, like a solar eclipse coming up, and he said, watch this, you'll be able to detect, I don't know exactly the mechanisms, and sure enough, he was right, because people thought he was crazy when he came out with special relativity, and then, uh, sure enough, Boring when came well, on, I need to say something. I need to say I got something. two more. I need to say something. I'm a little uncomfortable with you giving Matt my fat jokes, man. Those things have been mine. All right. Yeah, gravity jokes were actually okay, a fat you know, joke. Sorry. I mean, come on, dude. Hey, you're right. Joey is so fat, he doesn't just have a low center of gravity. He has an elliptical orbit. <laughs> what does that mean, Matt? These <laughs> just aren't that good. <laughs> All right, last one. Joey is so fat, the ratio of his circumference to his diameter is four. <laughs> That one's good. I get that one. Okay, you explain it then. Well, the, the circumference to your diameter is pi, 3.14. So yours is actually, you're actually bigger than, than, <laughs> than pi. Pi does not actually work to Joey's weight. That's pretty good. I thought those were good. I thought it's science, science joke. Okay, screw y'all. Everybody's fat. Everybody's fat. Everybody's stupid fat. <laughs> Everybody's stupid. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back and talk some more with Devin. Sound good to you guys? Yes, it does. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Man, I was lying. I am drinking unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick break here. If you would like to advertise your band on the podcast, then go to badchristian.com forward slash band promo. Now, let's listen to this week's sponsor. It's a new band from Tooth & Nail called Hearts Like Lions. Wow, not bad, Hearts Like Lions. I really do like that music, and I wouldn't say it if I didn't, but I think that's pretty cool, Uh, kind of an old emo sound. That's uh, Hearts Like Lions. They're from Long Beach, California. Their new EP, These Hands, is available now on iTunes or at toothandnail.merchline.com. They'll be on tour with Revivalist and Household this February and You can expect a full-length release from them in 2015. 
Once again, Hearts Like Lions, great new tooth and nail band. Check it out. If you're interested in advertising your band, www.badchristian.com forward slash band promo. Devin, you, I mean, you and I are close friends, so obviously we've talked about this, but I don't know if, if in depth as much as I've talked to Toby and Matt now that we've hashed it out and even wrote a chapter of our book, Bad Christian, Great Savior, on it. Well, Matt's perspective. What was going on in your mind when, when I quit? Because you're probably out of those three the most laid back. I mean, you, you were a little pissed with how I handled it. You had to have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean compared to... You know, Matt and Toby, I, I I imagine that my responses to most situations are probably seem like I don't really care, but that's not the case. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, immediately Toby, like, flew off the handle in every way possible. And, that you know, I was expected you and him were best friends. and But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember Word. exactly. That. I just remember thinking, well, I guess we're in trouble or, you know, we had a, I guess I, just, I remember thinking, like, well, I, maybe we're not going or maybe we'll postpone. Or, you know, I just, I don't know. I remember like being you weren't born. worried though. You weren't worried. All you're like, well, I guess the, you know, my, my dream of being in a rock band. Do, well, do I, they, yeah, I'll stay in Blue I was, Ridge. <laughs> I was bummed out. I was like, yeah, I don't want to not go, but we got to figure something out here. Do they even know that you talked to me and you said, man, I, I should just stay here in Charleston. Uh, we could get jobs as teachers and I will date and marry the girl that you were seeing. Do you remember having that conversation? You're like, that, that might be what I need to do. I, well, I was going through every possible thing because I was like, well, if Joey's not going, that means we, we're not going right. Yeah. I mean, that was, the, that, that was the, like when I, when I got that letter, <laughs> I got a letter in the mail, a letter. That's, that's not as strange back then as it would but, be I mean, now. It's, it, it, it's definitely messed up. It's effed up for you sure. You knew my phone number at my house. We had phones. <laughs> I mean, I got a letter in the mail. I'm not I, saying it wasn't that. In 2001, up. I didn't get that many letters from friends <laughs> <Yes>. that <laughs> I was in a band with and in practice with the weekend before. I mean, I saw you, what, the weekend, like, two no, weekends before, and all of a sudden I get a letter from you? I mean, My it, dearest Toby, <laughs> <laughs> things have gone awry here. <laughs> it, it, I mean, a lot of it, I, get, I know we've talked about this before, but I mean, it, it literally was Joey was like, hey, man, we should really try to do this band. Let's move somewhere, get away from everything. And I was like, yeah, this is really going to be took awesome. no convincing at all. I yeah, told yeah, you, yeah. I was just like, look, we're not going to be able to do music in Rock Hill and go anywhere. I said, we got to go somewhere. I said, why not Seattle? And you're like, you know what? You're totally right. Yeah. I, we yeah. have to do this. I, I, but then when that happened, I mean, everybody already, I mean, Matt, you've talked about that before too. Like your dad thought, yeah, y'all y'all aren't going. My dad said mm -hmm. stuff like, yeah, you'll get, don't call me when bad stuff happens out there. And <laughs> My girlfriend said, hey, no way. There's no way you'll do it. Yeah, I mean, everybody said, so I was like, well, I guess they're right. I mean, that they 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 had more chance of being right. And so when that happened, it was just the worst because, I mean, I was basically alone. I remember just riding around Greer in my car and, like, just I sat beside outside the substation, too, and, like, I think I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting a number 19 crying. <laughs> it was awful. And you know what the worst part is? And I'm going to – bust on Devin here a little bit. That was that summer, Devin, where I was like, I, I, Devin oh, was the only, Matt, Matt, I know. <laughs> Matt, Matt was taking a college class because he didn't graduate on time, which I think it was a pottery class or something. And maybe you had a girlfriend or something. Matt, I don't, I didn't see you that much for some reason. You were doing something. Yeah, oh, you had a no, girlfriend. No, no. Oh, was that Married, when, no, right? Matt, I think that's when you went to Costa Rica. Yeah, Seth and I went to Costa Rica. Yeah, Seth and oh, Matt yeah. were in Costa Rica 
And Devin, I was like, yeah, my only friend, my, my best friend's gone north. He wrote me a letter and said he's gone north. <laughs> Devin's the only buddy I got. You know, no, my mom shit. said that, by the way. He shit. went north. That's right. yeah. <laughs> shit has hit the fan. And I, I'm like, Devin, can you hang out tonight? And he's like, nah, man, I think I'm just going to stay at home. The next day I find out. Devin didn't stay at home. He went out with a girl and hung out all night yeah. and had lots of fun. I was like, what the hell? How did you find out? I'm sorry. Hey, I think he eventually just told me the truth because I, I was like, oh, what, you just stayed at home last night? Did you watch that TV show or something? Like, did you watch Arsenio Hall or whatever? I don't know, whatever it was on. And he was like, uh, actually, uh, whoever it was called me and said, uh, you know, she thought I could come over. So I did, and I was like, great. <laughs> just, it was just awful because I was just at my house and I was like, man, what am I going to do? I was working with Matt's dad doing land grading. And it was just like hot July or whatever it was. Uh, it was just awful. So, and, Devin, how, yeah. how long how long before you quit Emory did you feel burned out or was there a season of time well, where you First were of all, how long after going? Joey quit Emory until how long Devin quit? That's what I want to know. How how long how much longer did you stick it out than Joey for the record? Yeah, so Joey was what 4 months. I think it so. was 9 9 years maybe. <laughs> was it 08 or 09? No, I I quit the band in 10, 2010. Yeah, because the and only was, album that you haven't been on is We Do It We Want. So yeah, that, I was I, in the band a decade longer than Joey. Yeah, a decade longer he stuck it out. And I was the one. You know what sucks about that? Now that I realize that. So I was all by myself for the Joey one. And then when Devin told me our bus had broken down, Dave and Matt <laughs> were on the side of the road trying to fix the bus. We, did, me and uh, Devin Very went on and did, right? the re did like three shows acoustic uh -huh. so we yeah. could keep going. And so Devin and I were just walking around. We just had an awesome meal at the Flying Fish. And we were just walking around on this beautiful, like, riverside walkway you know trail there's a bridge and all this stuff and Devin's like man i've been thinking about something <laughs> and i was like oh no and then Devin told me he was thinking about quitting the band and he was like you know not that soon you know i'm sh i mean it, you know just kind of thinking about it and then i think i think you did one more tour and that was it so i, yeah, I was i, I was so. even there by myself during that and i couldn't i mean i had to i think i had to call matt and like Devin just told me he's quitting man i don't know no no because I, I i remember i said I'll tell everybody else. Like I'll oh, meet right. everybody else soon, and then I think. Oh, that's right. You didn't let me tell anybody. I had to wait, not tell anybody. I didn't want you to call people on the phone. I wanted to tell everybody else the same way. So, <laughs> so it's just me and Devin in a van, <laughs> and I knew he was quitting. <laughs> yeah, was... And I couldn't tell anybody. Devin, why did you leave, man? Why did you have to go and do that? <laughs> that's what I want to know, and that's what everybody else wants to know. So, why did you have to do that shit? Why did you? Yeah, do a lot it? of people miss you, man. I don't know. Tell, sorry, them, tell us why. Only, After all this is your time. Is life really that important? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. No, no, let's let's get a little bit deeper. All did right, you right. did you actually dislike touring at that point? Like, Were you just like, man, I just don't want to do this? You hated the fans. No. Yeah, I don't know. I think it just felt like it was it. It just felt like, all right, well, this has been awesome. This has been, you know, the best time of my life for sure. And I just, I don't think I was really burnt out, you know, kind of going back to what Joey said. I don't think I was really burnt out or anything from whatever. It's just, I don't know. I just felt fulfilled by the experience of Emory, I guess. And it just kind of felt more like, all right, I feel like maybe it's time to, to move on to what's next. Does that make sense? I don't it, know. It sounds like the really nice way to put it, to be honest. I mean, it sounds like the really good side of the coin because when you're fulfilled and it's been the best time of your life, that's the, usually the impulse doesn't mean quit. Well, I mean, there was obviously the thoughts of like, okay, how, how realistically, how long can we do this? Real, you know, like how, how... I ask myself that every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
how far can we take it? And, you know, are we on the decline? I mean, there's all those kind of thoughts running through my brain, you know, of course, but there was nothing negative in the experience at that time at all. It wasn't like things are going bad. I'm really bummed out all the time. That wasn't it at all. It was, it was like a constant vacation for us. I mean, if that's the case, then now that you've left and cause you clearly thought it was the time to get out. Now you think you're better than us, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know I'm better because we're too dumb and we stayed and you left. Cause you're, <laughs> you think you're better than us. No, no, I don't. But it's funny because I remember, man, I don't know when it was, we're probably halfway through my, you know, my tenure with Emory or whatever is I remember seeing older bands and I think we, you know, we would have these discussions on the bus like, man, are they really still trying to do it? Are they really pushing, you know, through all this? And there would be not many people at shows. And I, I definitely don't think you guys are at that point, obviously. You know, Tread I didn't carefully, want, I didn't, Devin. I didn't want to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be that guy in, in that band. I didn't want to be there. So you so want to be like Michael Jordan, like, leaving after he won his sixth ring. Well... Does that that's mean a, you're coming a, back? That's a fair comparison, I guess. Not like Toby being 40 years old playing for 288 people in <laughs> jo- Joplin, Missouri. Exactly. Yeah, that guy's a loser. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is like, I mean, the way you guys are doing it now is, I think is really great because you have Bad Christian and it's kind of a new outlet and everything, but you still play shows, but obviously not as many. So you're still doing music. You're still doing this whole side of things, but it's, uh, you know, you're not like a 45 year old band, you know, still playing at Tremont in Charlotte. Now I wanted us to become like the Wiggles. I thought if we could transition <laughs> into that, that would have been awesome. Like, you know, we just start wearing costumes cause we wore costumes at our beginning of our career. And I was like, man, maybe one day our, our, we'll tone it down. Our music will translate to kids. And this is what we'll do. I, I do enjoy touring. I would say for me, I don't. I think uh, the way we tour now is probably the only way we can tour. I, I mean, if we got there's sometimes we get offered tours to go on to that we don't headline. But when we headline, we are really in control of our time we're out and all that stuff, and it really is specific. And to be honest to the listeners too, I mean, it still pays well. I, w- I wouldn't be able to do this if it didn't pay bills and help my family to make money. So, but I agree with you. Sometimes I'm like, man, it would be nice to do it. You know, just to be off the road and to not do that at all anymore. But at this point, we do it so little. Yeah. I mean, we, we literally do do spe- – I mean, we do specific tours like here's here's two weeks, here's two weeks, here's two weeks, here's two weeks. And so if you want to see us come out to those shows. And I think that works for now. I don't know. I, I mean, it is scary. Like, I'm, I'm 38. I mean, two years from now, I probably am going to play a show and be a 40-year-old giant human jumping around <laughs> singing uh, ponytail parades. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I, that we yeah. that we wrote that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I remember, you know, Toby is the one who, you know, we, I think most people always have the emotional, deep conversations with. So, I mean, we would, I mean, Toby would always, you know, like you guys said, he threatened to quit the band every other show, but we would always, <laughs> we would always talk about, we would always talk about, you know, what's next or, you know, what are we going to do? You know, those were always conversations that we had. And I think, Probably not quite so much with Matt because I think we kind of had the idea that Matt just kind of wanted to be in the music industry forever, whether that was producing or recording. And he had all those, you know, talents and skills that maybe me and Toby didn't have. Uh, So, you know, we would always talk about like, what are we going to do? You know, can we keep this going? So, you know, it was just a natural like conversation that always happened, I think, between me and Toby or maybe Toby and whoever. And I know Toby's more vocal. He'll talk to whoever about that kind of stuff anyway. But it was just 
you know, for me, it was, uh, I just, I'm seriously, I just, I felt satisfied. I felt happy. I mean, obviously I wanted to be home with my family and I do love it. I mean, I, I really do love it. I don't, I don't miss traveling. I miss, I miss playing shows sometimes. I miss being out with you guys primarily. That's the only thing that I really miss. Cause I never get to see any of you, but apart from that, I don't, I don't miss, you know, touring really hardly at all. That's, that's a little bit rare. Most people do when they quit, they, they usually get the fever, but you are on, you are on, have been on this whole new album that we just finished. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you had a really unique point of view on this one more than ever before. Cause we may, first of all, you have actually two really cool uh, points of view. Number one, you got to hear an Emory album right after you left that, that you didn't participate on. So you got to experience, I've always wanted to experience what it would be like to hear my band, but me not do anything on. So you got to have that first of all. And then secondly, you got to hear this whole batch of songs put halfway together without being in the band and still get to perform and sing on them and be a part of it and help, help them get completed, which I would imagine had to be a, a tremendously satisfying uh, experience. If it was a band, let's just say that you liked, and then you got to go be a part of it from somewhat of a distance. I think that would be really cool. But how did you find, uh, both we do what you want and then into this new record <laughs> you know you kind of a little bit of jealousy probably in a sense of like man i didn't get to be a part of this or i didn't get to offer any input you know on the songwriting process i think and maybe you know early on like initially in, in that sense of like well i'm just singing i'm just kind of a i'm a part of it but not really kind of thing yeah but then i mean honestly when i heard it um and you guys started sending me tracks and then I, it kind of all started getting put together and I've heard some of the mixes and things. I texted Toby one day and I just said, man, this is, you know, I think vocally and lyrically and, you know, guitar and bass parts and all that. I mean, it's just, it's really, really good. And I told him it's probably one of the best, if not the best ones that I've heard. And maybe that's from a different perspective. Maybe that's me being on the outside looking in. I'm not sure. But, um, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. The new one. I'm sorry. You were never alone. Um, yeah, just hearing all those tracks, I'm I was just very very impressed. And I mean, you know, like you said, I we wrote, we've written songs together for a long time, and it still felt the same. Like, oh yeah, these are Emory songs, these are our songs, kind of thing. That's kind of what it felt like. But I had nothing to do with the writing process, and I was I was just really blown away by it, how good it was. And you know, we do what we want. It, it was a weird thing for me because I I was kind of halfway in it and halfway out because I yeah. was when we started the writing process and then plans kind of changed once I left the band. So I was still relatively a small part of that from the beginning, but then, uh, and it was obviously a kind of a different direction and that had literally had nothing to do with me not being in the band. Um, cause you guys went a little heavier, but you know, I, it was a great album too, but I think you were never alone is probably up there for sure. as one of the better Emory albums. Nice. That's a big compliment, man. Yeah. I remember you texting me and, and, just saying that you thought the lyrics are like some of the best I had written, and I was like pretty blown away. That just meant a lot to me because I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of your lyrics that you've written. I mean, we're in a band together for ten years, so uh, yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's really awesome. I, I'm really excited for our fans listening to this record too. I just been listening, going back and listening to the mixes um, all this week, and just uh, super excited. And and honestly, it's really it is really fun to listen to the songs and hear your voice on there. That's what's yeah. really neat. Like that, that part I'm like, Oh yeah, there's Devin again. Like that, that, yeah. that part kind of sparked a little bit in me, even like when writing in and stuff like that. And I know the short time you were in 
uh, recording your parts with Aaron Sprinkle or whatever. Still, though, I felt like that added to the record some things that I just can't do. You know yeah, I mean? think Close I was telling myself on We Do What We Want because I was in such studio mode. I was, like, living and working in a studio almost through that time. So it seemed like to me, in my head, I was telling myself, well, all we do is overdub, and half the time Toby harmonizes with himself when we record anyway. So it won't really make a difference if, if it's Devin or if Toby sings both the parts because – a lot of times we can't even tell which one would be better and we're just flipping a coin or alternating just for the sake of alternating. So why would it necessarily be better to have two two guys on it kind of a thing? Why does it matter? I'm sure it'll be fine without Devin. And I do think the record's fine. There's no problem with it. It just sounds different. Um, but it is a, it's night and day different getting to hear Devin's voice on, on this new one, alternating with Toby or alternating verses or hearing you both sing the same part but the different ways that you sing it. I love it. So I've been super thrilled getting all Devin's parts back on this one. Yeah, I played uh, one of the songs for, uh, well, I played a few for Megan, but one in particular, I can't remember which one it was exactly, but she said, oh, man, that sounds great. You know, like that sounds like early Emory kind of stuff. So it was funny because, you know, Megan heard us early on and stuff, and so she just thought it sounded really good. So, Devin, um, what do you, tell, tell the folks, uh, tell the listeners at home, what do you do now for a living? Well, now I work like you guys. I work at a church. I am like the, uh, I don't know what you, I don't know what my official title is. That stuff always changes and it's always pretty funny to me. But I'm like the associate worship music director kind of guy, I guess you could say. So yeah. I have a guy over me um, who's been there for nine, you know, eight or nine years. And then I am part of like our creative arts team. So I plan services, pick music, you know, help like program music and, Stuff like that, and then also do a lot of video editing and production, I guess. Um, How yeah, big so of a church I, is it? Uh, I don't know. Member-wise, I think it's between 1,700 and 1,900 people. Is it like, do they have different campuses, or is it one? Not yet. That's gotcha. something that's in the in the fairly near future, though. Yeah. Right now, it's just one campus. How far is it from y'all's house? Uh, About 20 minutes. Would you, if y'all do new campuses, would you go to it, or would you just stay at the one you're at? I well, I think the plan is for me to stay at the one I'm at, um, but we kind of have to see, you know, you guys know, working at Seacoast, you guys know that you have to uh, kind of figure out staff and all that stuff, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I think I'll be staying at the main campus. I literally told Toby today, I said, I would like move mountains to hire uh, Devin at our campus, and that's exactly... I thought Toby's your worship leader, that's kind of a... Yeah, no. It, it, I mean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it, like he just, it was, it was really uncomfortable at work. I was just sitting there, and he just comes up and looks at me and says, "I'll move mountains to get Devin to be our worship leader." And I was like, "What the hell is this?" I'm just trying to get my work here done. Dang, man, it's kind of uncomfortable. So, Devin, you listen to the podcast. I think yep. you like the podcast. I do. So, and you work at a church. So, what do you think about the stuff we say? And uh, do, you, do you think the people at your church would like our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do you think about the state of, of church yeah. today? Like, I, I mean, you work at a church. Are you you thinking this is the way it's going to be the next fifty years? I mean, the church system that you work in, pastor, building, worship leaders, you know, stuff. Well, I mean, what what do you think about the church today? Yeah. I think it's in a pretty, I mean, I think it's in a pretty good spot, you know, today. I mean, there's obviously a lot of the, you know, mega churches and that are kind of coming to the surface a little bit. And, you know, and that's kind of a new concept, I guess, to me, because I mean, not until we moved out to Seattle and then Mars. I mean, even when we got out to Seattle, Mars Hill was small. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it took years to grow. So, I mean, I don't know, within the past like 10 years, uh, you know, I've kind of, that's when it kind of started becoming a reality. So I don't. 
I don't know, like if it if it's going to continue to grow. I mean, if I mean, I think mega churches are good. I think there's good speakers and and leaders in those churches and uh, and bad ones too. But in the same same way in in the small churches. But I don't. I imagine that the way things are going is probably going to stay this way for a while. I don't think it'll be any like drastic changes within the next decade or something. I think it'll probably continue this way and then maybe just kind of taper off at some point into to maybe what you guys have kind of talked about a little bit, you know, maybe smaller communities or, or something like that. But I don't think the church is in a bad place. I think there's always things we can find that are wrong with the church. I mean, I think from the beginning, it's never going to change, but, um, you know, I just think it's a matter of probably a matter of preference for people these days. And it, it is, it is hard when you're in such a massive amount of people to, to kind of create that small community and that, that openness and, and transparency that I think is important, but I'm a little lost. I thought Toby's, the question was like along the lines of, do you think the people at your church would like our podcast? <laughs> well, initially well, I think he said something about church culture. Yeah, I said both. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, our church, no, they wouldn't like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all both work at big churches then, unless for some reason you can't say this, um, you see your pastors and the way that y'all act, or even y'all. So let's go through that. Do the people in your church, Devin, know that you say cuss words when if you feel like it? Not, I mean, not just people in general. What I'm saying is I know they haven't heard you cuss on Sunday, but would they be surprised if they heard you cuss playing golf? I mean, definitely some some people would for sure. Yeah. And what about and then what about your what about your lead pastor? Would he d- drink or cuss or t- or discuss pornography use? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Would the people that go to his church know that though? Not not on. But Matt, you got to clarify. I mean, he would probably talk with that to some people, but not to the congregation. Right. I'm not saying you would say that from Sunday, but what I'm asking is. For whatever reason, would the congregation be surprised about that? That's my. That's the the operative part is whether or not that would be shocking to them, not whether or not he does it on Sunday. That I I understand that. Yeah. You see the difference. I, I mean, pro- yeah, I do. I mean, I probably. I think probably would be shocked. Uh, and whose fault know, is that? Theirs for not being realistic, or his for not being more known? I'm not criticizing your pastor. I'm just maybe no, no. Know. I know. I I think it's probably a little bit of both for sure. I mean, I think. You know, I think part of hiding, not hiding, or, or whatever you want to call it, I mean, hiding or, or being more professional or being discreet about some of your personal habits, I think is not necessarily a all bad if it's, you know, if it has to do with, you know, just kind of, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's always about power. I think sometimes it's just about almost like manners or, uh, you know, just trying to carry yourself a certain way. But I do believe it can be harmful. And then also I think on the other side, the congregational side, I think it's, you know, like you, like you guys have talked about plenty of times, I mean, kind of setting somewhat setting someone up for failure. Um, you know, cause there's a couple of people at our church and we always talk about, you know, just things that have happened in culture and stuff. And they're all, they're just always like this huge to do about, you know, if, if a, a star like does something terrible, like when Tiger Woods, you know, they found out yeah. about him or something like that. I'm like, you know, what do you really expect? You know, you know what I'm saying? What do you really expect from these people? I mean, obviously they're messed up and they're not doing things probably the right way and they're not going to show those things in public. But I just feel like people in general have this uh, real quick notion to just automatically, if somebody kind of catches them the right way or they like this person or, they, or they're they impressed by this person, they immediately start, 
you know, put them in this place uh, that they shouldn't put them in. Yeah, people look up to people so quickly, and then they're just devastated when they're let down and, and revealed to be human, just like everybody else. And that, that's the danger. That's what I'm saying. People cannot handle information, and that, that I actually think that's what the first, you know, when God said, "Hey, the, what you know, the story of Adam and Eve is," and we'll go to the uh, "Don't eat from the uh, tree of." of knowledge of good and evil. I think that's the whole thing. We can't handle knowledge. We cannot handle it with authority or leaders, leaders or anything like that. We can't handle knowledge that they are failures. Y'all, yeah, man, they totally got it right. <laughs> Just that people I, can't I think, handle it. I, I think a huge thing is that people in and outside of the church have been taught religion for centuries. So there's like a certain way of doing things. There's a certain way of saying things. And church people and non-church people both can't handle it. In other words, there, there's some people, if, if they come to church and they expect a certain way of doing things, and if they see the pastor maybe off to the side and he says a swear word or wears a, a t-shirt that has a, a beer logo or something, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's not right. You can't do that. That's, and, and they were taught that. And that's, that's just that's just the reality. So I really do think that it, there has to be a a fundamental reboot. Well, that's what I'm saying. My, that's why I believe that it's your like the the passive way to handle that is go. Well, I know that would like make them that person upset or that might confuse somebody, um, and so that now I'm not going to do it. And to me, that is wrong. I believe that is wrong. Uh, just to me, I know I may sound crazy, but I believe you have the as a balanced person who is a pastor and is cool and down with it and gets it, I think it's your responsibility to be to make people have to deal with it now so that the whole culture can understand and loosen up. I think that's your responsibility to push the envelope, not not to be protective of, of it and to, to coddle the people who aren't realistic or real or hidden or whatever. I, I think you have to push the boundary. I think it's the only right way to approach it. I agree with that, and I think uh, a huge reason why is the only people that you're satisfying are the people that are there and expect that from you. You're not doing any good for people that aren't there that actually need a little more authenticity. So those are always well, misapplications would... of don't be a stumbling block, in my opinion. I believe it's wrong to avoid uh, something being uncomfortable so that you don't look bad. I think that's actually wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think it's okay to start, you know, start that on a smaller level. I don't think it's necessarily um, the best thing to start that on a huge scale either. I mean, I think it would it, be good either way, but I'm saying like me or Toby or Joey, for instance. I mean, obviously you guys do Bad Christian and you pretty much say whatever you want and your church is cool with that. But obviously I don't think you could speak the same way from from stage. Um, and if I and if I did... I would get fired, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I would get fired. You would and get so fired if you a, did what Toby and Joey do now, is what you're saying. <laughs> Basically. No, I mean, you know, if I was, you know, if I walked up on stage and said something that people would consider to be inappropriate for that setting, and maybe it's not inappropriate, but that's just kind of the view. Um, I think, you know, I would, if it was controversial, I would probably let go. And so as a human being, for me to to go too far, just for the sake of, you know, me trying to do something I think is necessarily right in those instances. I don't know if that's the best decision because I think if I if I stay in that moment and just kind of be myself and do the best that I can with everybody that I know and everybody I come in t contact with and they see, oh, yeah, Devin, 
That's how he lives. He, he tries to be real and honest. Then I think that's just as impactful. I think it's just going to take longer to change. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like throwing, um, you know, if, if you put your kid in water that is not unhealthy hot, but it's still too hot for them, they'll scream and say it's too hot. Where if you take the same temperature and, you know, or if you put them in lukewarm water, but then the water gets to that same original point, then they think it's super comfortable. And I think that what Devin's saying is there's somewhat of a responsibility on our part. Like it would do no good. Like let's say Devin gets the the head pastoring job. It would be no it would do no good for him to get up there and say, Hey, by the way, I say stuff like shit and and damn with my friends and that's just who I am and you know what I'm saying? Because I would say would you just... should do the best you can to approach that. I'm not saying I mean you had to do something. I'm saying what you and Toby do Joey with your jobs and how it's actually working is not something that was even foreseen and it's working y'all didn't think none of us thought you could do this and it would still be okay nobody we thought people would leave your props to our senior past no I know but what I'm saying is that that might be true everywhere that might be true more you guys have pushed the boundary I give you a lot of respect for being willing to put your necks on the line and be yourselves on the podcast every week knowing that people from your church are seeing it and your senior leadership knows it, and you're doing it anyway and it's there they like it they let us say the name Seacoast Church on here and you've only had like one church member leave so far so I think that's great that's that all I'm saying <laughs> that you know so what I'm saying is that's um, that is massive that's great so uh, what I'm saying is other people are afraid of that I say well here's one example maybe Toby and Joey took a couple steps Hobie's maybe some other people could take some steps too it might not be as freaky as you think that's all I'm saying all right Devin and Joey for 10 million dollars <laughs> w- would you t- I mean you get 10 million dollars and you're going to push the boundaries would you go up on stage on Sunday morning and <laughs> recite the like filthiest rap lyrics you could? Like, okay, I found some online. Okay, you want, all right. Would you get up there? This is from LL Cool J featuring Keith Murray and Prodigy and Fat Joe and Foxy. Would you get up there on stage for ten million dollars at the beginning of, of the service? You, or you just walk. Right you the walk blessing. right up. And you go. Want to creep on the light raw ass cheeks? I'm sexing raw dog without protection. Disease infested. Would you say that? <laughs> Would you say this? This is from Juicy J featuring Two Chains and Little Wayne for ten million dollars, meaning you could have money to support your family and then spread the gospel. <laughs> she make that ass clap, dancing like she on a dick. Bring it back. I threw a stack. That's a lucky bitch. Up and down, she's going. She's sliding on that pole, making money, stacking up hundreds. Shawty cold. Would you say that for $10 million to spread the gospel and be? Yeah, because you can go spend $9 million of that on planning churches and building ministries. I would tell I would tell everybody in the church, listen, on your way out, you'll be receiving $10,000, <laughs> and that's a guarantee, and there's some weirdo that just paid me $10 million to do that. I know it was very offensive, and I apologize for that, but you guys just made $10,000, and then I would take the rest. <laughs> You would not do that. Yeah, there's no. I, I, no, I, mean, I don't think you could. No, I. It would be I think even if you, up. even if you took the ten million dollars and you don't have to, you know, maybe you don't have to work for a while, or you can put a bunch back. You would be considered like you would be an outcast among your community of yeah. Christian people. Like you wouldn't even. Everybody would know about it. Yeah, but if you said, look, this weirdo... Joey, that would obviously be... No, that would obviously be a clause in the contract. They wouldn't let you do that. You can't that. do that. It would be a stipulation. It would be stipulated, Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. you couldn't tell them. I mean, you would just have to... I mean, you know what I mean? You would like, just drop the mic and walk off stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joe, you have to walk out next week and say, guys, gay is okay. Drop the mic and walk out. <laughs> Dude, you know what's crazy is I would never do this, but sometimes when I go up there with a microphone, I'm worried that I'm going to slip up and say the, the most horrible thing, which there's no way my brain would make me say something horrible. I think that's some kind of condition because we've talked about that before. Perry Nobles did. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> but but like when you when you walk to the edge of a cliff or something, there's a little bit of scariness yeah. that yeah. you might would jump off. Yeah, like why would or it, something? Yeah, I don't know. I I have the same thing. Like I'm not even thinking yeah. about slipping up and saying one word. I'm talking about going up there and like saying a whole sentence that's just really ridiculous. Yeah, I would think I, I'm always scared that uh, I'm going to be talking and just trying to get through announcements or whatever, and then everybody will just be staring and it'll be silence. I'm like, oh, what did I say? And then I'll remember that I said something just filthy. <laughs> And disgusting. <laughs> so I would, I think, for $10 million, say the nastiest shit ever. Wouldn't that <laughs> be the saying. ethical thing to do? Because, I mean, you say, yeah, like you may have hurt this or that one little community, but if you really cared about the gospel, you could spend $9 million on it. Wouldn't that be the, the right thing to do? Yeah, like what you're saying is you you get, if you if, if if this Sunday I went up there and said the filthiest possible thing I could ever say for $10 million, <laughs> I get zero credit, my name is ruined, everything's terrible, and I still give I give each of those families and people there money, and they don't even know it's me. Like, man, how amazing would that be? So it, the only reason not to do it would be because you only care about yourself and how you look. If you cared about God and the gospel and church, then you would do it. If you hear that I said the filthiest, <laughs> nastiest thing on stage at church, it's for a good cause. Yeah, and here, here we go. That would be truly humbling. <laughs> That is crazy. I didn't think about that. Like you really, I mean, you would be, you get zero glory, you know? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So it would be, uh, Matt, you're right. It'd be the honorable thing to do. Any of our billionaire listeners, please contact (laughs) us. We will say nasty stuff at church. Hey, we need a, we need a new section on our badchristian.com slash contribute. Like a crowdfunding platform. Like if you raise this much, we will do this, say this. One, One of my, one of my best friends was listening to the episode of my condom story and he seriously he knows the sort the story and he listened he was like no 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 the whole time it's like please don't tell this story and then he's just like he's not gonna tell the end no no and he's like he did it i can't believe he did that's funny that was funny because i'll uh i'll let the listeners in in on uh the other night you know we were texting back and forth during one of the football games and uh (laughs) i did my best to get toby to say the most evil thing possible they used to do, do that it. to me. They used to do that to me. That like they wanted me he to. They would always, They always know I would say. I, well, you know what sucks? I immediately thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> Devin texted me. Devin that. texted me and said, "Hey man, just say the just text the grossest, most filthiest, you know, saddest, whatever thing you can text right now." It immediately came to me, and it involved babies. <laughs> <laughs> only there and, but i was laying beside my wife in bed and i was just like i, I just because we were doing audio messages we were, no <laughs> yeah yeah you were doing audio messages and i was like man i just i don't want to do it right now i mean my you know my wife and i are just watching tv Explain it's kind of it. nice feels kind of like holy and blessed time in our bedroom <laughs> i remember uh what i used to do to seth our, our first drummer is if, if he was messing with me or everything i would say that uh Melanie, his wife or girlfriend at the time, was like, I would say, she's in a well. She's crying out your name, Seth. <laughs> Seth, please help me. She's trapped in the bottom of the well. The guy won't let her out. He kidnapped her. She's in the well. It's scary. It's really scary. It hurts. And she's just going, Seth, 
Seth, he would get really yeah, amazing. Why would you say that? Why would you do that? And I would just be going, Seth. <laughs> Toby does have the talent. Like, um, by, I mean, it's just a truly amazing talent to be able to come up with the filthiest possible thing at an instant or the meanest possible thing to say to a person. I mean, he completely undeniable gift uh, at it. It's an unbelievable gift. I mean, I can always get somebody's back. Like, if somebody's talking junk to you, I think I can always out, outdo them with All right, something Devin. just terrible. Devin, let's see if you can follow this joke. Devin, I just got a text right. from your wife. She's been trying to call you. She just delivered the baby. You need to go into the room right now. and Go ahead. Start walking right now. Are you walking? Are you walking, Devin? All right, now go ahead and open the door. Let's hear it. Let's hear the baby. <laughs> 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 that is no, the greatest. I know where I was ever. going for a second. No, I was I was really confused too there. So De- Devin, hit it one more time with your baby voice, with your baby cry. <laughs> now I have the pr- I have the privilege of having heard that. The at the earliest possible time, I first heard Devin do that exact sound when I was age six. No, yes, absolutely, hundred percent true. <laughs> we played base. Devin and I were on the same baseball team when I was six, and Devin would do that. You could do that at, at that young of an age, Devin. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Oh my I don't know How in the world I discovered it? I mean, but... I promise you, we. I was six years old, and you would do it on the, at the, for the baseball team. Yeah, I mean, I remember. I remember doing it er, early on. And I remember, you know, kind of knowing you, and you were like a little pipsqueak, but I remember, you know, that was like one of my tricks in class. I would always do that, and teachers would get so mad. They would get so mad about that. They wouldn't know it was you? Well, they knew it was me after, you know, a couple times. But, I mean, you know, it was just funny. I, was just, I wasn't really a bad kid, but that was one thing I always did. I thought it was pretty funny. Devin, tell everybody about your album that's on iTunes and Amazon, and uh, it's a concept album, right? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, I, I don't know why I really wrote it that way, but it kind of just came out that way. Um, Life and Death, yeah, it's been out now for... Yeah, it's been out I for mean, a while. I mean, it's been out for probably a couple of years now. Yeah, it came out as it weird. Shortly. It came out the week after he quit Emory. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I just need a break from music. I want And then all of a sudden, there's like an album release. And Yeah, yeah. No, but it, isn't the whole thing about your wife basically dying and uh, a person's spiritual journey so to speak through all that yeah just kind of about a guy in general who loses his wife to cancer and then just kind of his struggle getting past that you know his faith and everything but yeah i don't know i just had a bunch of songs kind of towards the end of emory that didn't really i guess didn't really go with emory i think we were all kind of doing that towards the end of my time there but um so yeah i just eventually recorded them got them done and yeah, they've been out and for a while now. It's called Life and Death. Musically, it's very similar to Lord, right? Yeah, very very similar to Lord. A little yeah. splash of Ludacris or something, you know. Yeah. All right, Devin, you can hang in with us here. We're we'll keep on going and do the news and stuff like that. But before we go there, I the only one more story that I wanted to hear or clarify to me is what was the one where Toby left a message on your mom's answer machine about the fishing boat? <laughs> Toby, you remember that one? No. Remember you told you told about it and Devin's mom said, Don't you love him? About the going Devin was gonna work on a fishing boat. Did Toby tell my mom that I applied for that no, job? I know what it was. If y'all don't remember, I'll tell it because I remember it now. Toby called Devin's mom's house and 
said, hey, this is Tom Slathers with the so-and-so Alaska fishing crew. Uh, we received Devin's application to, for the boat. He'll be leaving in three and a half months. I want to let you know he's accepted. He'll be out in the Bering Strait, uh, whatever, doing the thing. And that was back when the, the you know, the, the it was first came out. Like, it was popular that people would die every day. Doing, it was way before Deadliest Catch. It was in 2000, you know, and it was when the people would say, you die if you go on Alaskan fishing boat. And Devin's mom's super protective, and Toby called pretending he was the fishing man. And the Devin was going to be leaving and moving away and going to Alaska to die on a fishing boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason it was funny is because I had talked to my mom before that about, you know, just about it. Because I think right around the end of the college, you know, it was like, man, this would be an awesome opportunity. I think you can go work up in Alaska on one of these fishing boats for like three months and make like, you know, $40,000 or whatever it was. And I was like, man, that'd be awesome. Maybe I'll do that. And, you know, we're just kind of like talking to my mom. And then t- I think Toby found out and he called and left that voicemail. And my mom flipped like, oh, God, no. I mean, she. Yeah, I thought she was lost. talking to your dad as it was playing. So she's like, Ronnie, don't you love him? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> your dad was like, I'll let him do whatever. If, that's, if he's going to do yeah. it, don't you love him? Yeah, Devin, <laughs> your mom's like super protective and worried and concerned. Oh, and yeah. So not not my parents, but yeah, all y'all. I remember I did that one time <laughs> to Seth's. Remember I, I, I made Seth uh, call his mom and pretend he was in a car accident and then just be really yes. silent. <laughs> She got mad. Seth, I made Seth call as we were just in their car. He called his mom and he was like, "Hey, mom, what's going on?" And he went, "Ah!" And we <laughs> added like we wrecked, and then there was silence. She went, bone. "She went, Seth, Seth, Seth!" <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Seth like punched me. He, was, he felt so bad. He, he was like really mad at me. She, yeah, she was pissed too. I remember that. I, I got a bad. I, I, I mean, I'm gotten better. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no chance. Like, if I'd have met Jess when I was 21, it just wouldn't. There's no chance she'd have married me or anything. I had to. I had to chill out some because I would just do really bad shit all the time and thinking it's funny and maybe it even was. But if I did that now, you know what I mean? Like, what if I called my wife to like on the way home today and was like, "Hey, yeah, I just let." Uh, and then it was silent. <laughs> it'd, be a night, it'd be a nightmare. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Devin nightmare. Shelton here on the podcast. Sorry we didn't have time to do longer. We'll have him back. Won't you come back, Devin? Yeah, man. I'll be back. All right. Devin Shelton, everybody. All right. What's next on our list? Well, guys. Well, guys, uh, I want to talk real quick. This band has written an awesome record. They are called Southpaw, and they are from the just that crazy cold state of Michigan. And uh, they have a new full-length record. And it's entitled Eye to Eye, like your eyeballs. Not, not the letter, but the <laughs> Eye to Eye. And you can buy that record today at southpawpunks.bandcamp.com or on iTunes. Check it out. We're going to give it a quick listen here. Let's get used to one guy. 
that was just a few songs from South Paul's new full-length record titled Eye to Eye. You can buy that record today at southpawpunks.bandcamp.com or on iTunes. Check them out. And also, if you are a band and want to be one of our weekly music sponsors, make sure you go check out badchristian.com forward slash band promo. But once again, right now, go check out this awesome Muskegon, Michigan band called South Paul. All right. Thank you very much. Toby, you're on a roll. You got anything else you'd like to do that maybe involves a little bit of, like, music and then some talking? I think there's one thing after, you know, hanging out with an old friend. Hanging out with an old friend and, uh, you know, uh, another person that quit your band. <laughs> when, you have, when you're on the line with two people who quit your band. Thank God we didn't ask Devin to, to be on the podcast because him and Joey would just probably bail. So, I mean, would you say reasonably that Devin and Toby, I mean, that Toby, that Devin and Joey are the two of the people that have disappointed you the most in your life? Oh, by far. <laughs> no, Devin, Devin, Devin. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. Have let you down the most. Yeah, I mean, have hurt me beyond repair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get a little news here. I, I need I need to pick me up. Just thinking about my best friends just quitting on me. <laughs> need some news. In a world where two of your best friends quit your band, but one is bald and ugly, and the other is a beautiful, handsome, exact opposite <laughs> body style. <laughs> this is the news with Toby. Here's your damn news. All right, guys. Well, I uh, actually was kind of going with a theme with the news today, Ooh, and uh, okay. oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. So this is so this is like somebody does something and you respond. Now, Devin, are you a, a new uh, turn the podcast off at the news person, or do you see it all the way through when you listen at home? I enjoy the news. <laughs> yeah. I, enjoy the news I don't believe him. I enjoy the news. That was a little bit slow reaction. <laughs> no, I didn't. Totally by that. The only thing I ever fast forward through is usually the ads or. Thanks, Devin. Like Thanks that. a lot, Devin. All right, this comes from the Huffington Post. Fart accusation sparks fight at Staten Island High School. She who smelt it, and this comes from Huffington Post. She who <laughs> smelt it allegedly dealt a beating. <laughs> A 15-year-old boy at a high school in Staten Island, New York, received eight stitches after a 17-year-old girl allegedly beat him with a metal stool. The row between the students exploded Monday after the girl accused the boy of farting on her. New York Magazine's Daily Intelligence here <laughs> reported after hitting the boy with the stool, the female student allegedly beat him on the head with her fist 10 to 15 times. Dang. Have y'all ever hit anybody for farting on you? No. I think I have, like a punch Probably. or a quick punch or something like that. You know, I yeah. don't do it, but girls do that. So, like, if I fart around my wife, she might punch my arm. You know what I'm saying? If you do it fart around a girl, they might punch you. Jess just usually gets this really disgusted look on her face and is, like, really sad that she married me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather – I wish you – I pray she just hit me. That's way worse. That's way more painful. <laughs> All right, so that's what happens. Somebody farts on you, you react, right? <laughs> Well, this next guy, I believe, we'll read the story here, but um, I think he's mad that people were were making a loud noise and 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 uh, repairing the street. Uh, so he got pissed. And the picture, I wish I could see the picture. The picture is just so hilarious. It look, it's a shirtless, very morbidly obese man with long hair. It's unbelievable. But police say Friendswood man throws hammers at street repair crew. And this comes from Cron.com. A Friendswood man was was in the Galveston, 
County Jail Thursday morning on a $160,000 bond after police say he threw hammers at the, a street repair crew. Darren Lynn Koenig, 51, was arrested Tuesday following the incident that began about 7.30 a.m. Uh, that day near his home in the 400 block of Oak Vista. Contract workers doing street repairs at the for the city of Friendswood, told police a man attacked them with a hammer. One worker said the man was throwing hammers and a, had a knife, according to the news release. One worker's hard hat protected him, which I thought was actually cool, like his hard hat actually worked, <laughs> but from an attack from the hammer blows, while another was hit in the arm, but none required medical attention. When officers arrived, Koenig barricaded himself in a tool shed at his residence and stayed there two hours while a tactical team and negotiators talked to him. So, once again, you guys ever been woken up by, like, street crew or the garbage truck or anything and just, like, mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. lost your shit? Now, here's the funny part that I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, he had barricaded him in his barricaded himself in the tool shed. It said, <laughs> it says, when it appeared he was trying to light the shed on fire, <laughs> <laughs> police used tear gas and a taser to subdue him. <laughs> so what's most funny is they're like they're like hey man we got this guy cornered uh, we just got to figure out hey what darren <laughs> darren he's yeah. trying to light that thing on <laughs> <laughs> i guess he thought maybe i'll kill myself or what i mean he threw some hammers he's like well i'm going to jail i, I don't know that's just, i just thought that was really really crazy that that was his reaction like it i mean what like how many hammer? How many hammers does how many hammers does somebody have? That's, That's what question. I thought too. I mean, he was hitting Wait, like three or four guys with hammers. It's he like came a, prepared, man. He was slinging them out from under his arms. He had on a trench coat. <laughs> he was, like he was prepared. It's really funny though. Like I mean, it is like crazy to think, man. That street noise is pissing me off. Uh, no, not not today. And he grabs hammers and runs outside, and it gets to the point where he's eventually burning himself in his tool shed. You have to really realistically, uh, you know, address the possibility that the poor guy may have, during a night terror, committed assault and battery and had a suicide attempt. So, and also, what's with these? What's with the street crews and the trash people and all that? They they work. Everything that they do that's noisy, like the clanging around of the dumpsters. Have you ever been in your house or an apartment and heard the trash truck or the people doing something at, oh, let's say, uh, 11.45 a.m. or 2 p.m.? You ever hear your dumpster clanging around by the garbage man? No. It's always at 5.30, 6.30. Why do they have to do it those hours? It's like Santa yeah. Claus. They just are everywhere. Like, why wouldn't the working hours just be 10 to 6 for the garbage trucks? Why would they need to be that early? You would think they start early so that they, you know, can make all their rounds, but it, do they ever get to a house where it's no, they're later like, than 7? Yeah, you're right. They're like Santa Claus. They reach every house between 545 and 645. They're never. It's, it's it. actually a great job. They, their, their work hours are 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. They, yeah, they, they do the whole city in one hour every day. All right, this last one from Huffington Post. Fourth graders. Fourth graders. How old is that, Joey? You were a teacher. Seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Seven and nine. eight. I was thinking second. Okay. Eight, Fourth nine. graders suspended after plotting to kill teacher with hand sanitizer. Good. Three gosh. fourth grade girls in Elba, New York, are accused of conspiring to kill their teacher with hand sanitizer. The Elba Elementary students, uh, school students had learned that their teacher was severely allergic to hand sanitizer, and they allegedly planned to put sanitizer on items they knew the teacher would touch, um, according to the deputies involved. Um, when 
youth officers interviewed the girls. One of them said that the teacher yells at us and the class has problems with her. So they decided to kill her. The students never actually went through with the plan, but the uh, the plot was uncovered in mid-December, and the they were basically the students aren't facing any charges, but they were suspended. Isn't that crazy though? Like, I mean, that Dang. I didn't know you could actually be allergic. To, how can you be allergic to hand sanitizer? Isn't that just mostly alcohol? Yes, yeah, usually mostly a, a, an alcohol thing. I don't know what else is in. It. There's the uh, antibacterial Man. agent. If, and if I was water. allergic to alcohol, I would want. I'd want to die. Yeah, I'd want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, take me on. I can't live. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't really. I would doubt it that these girls actually intended for that teacher to die and to perish as a result of that it sounds like a plot that they just were talked about and writing about it and they had to deal with it somehow i mean people are real sensitive to those types of things these days if you would have gone back and seen all this the drawings that me and my friends did of uh shooting our teachers with machine guns and singing songs about putting grenades in their car you know we did every every possible thing that we used Babies to say with their flesh removed we, we used to say we used to do every kind of stuff we would always talk about killing our teachers like it was just a, hilarious like that was very normal when i don't don't y'all remember that i, I guess you can't talk I don't about think guns. i remember saying i was going to kill my teacher oh no, that's not normal man. yeah like ooh, would have had a machine gun and i would do you know <laughs> that kind of stuff once again, are you Matt, joking? Yeah. Or are you being serious? Because I never thought uh, I wish I had a machine gun and could kill my teacher. I never thought <laughs> we would say like that. that. You know, we would talk about bazookas and stuff, blow the school up. Did you guys like think that Columbine was cool? I'm talking about when I was like eight, like in fourth grade. Yeah, Matt didn't like teachers very much. I remember, but I wasn't going to really get a bazooka. You know, like on top. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> Our teacher yells at us. We got problems with her. I need a bazooka. <laughs> I don't think I ever wanted to kill a teacher, though. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't say I wanted to kill a teacher. I said we would just talk about it. Like, oh, I see what you're saying. You're just, just talking big. Yeah, you just talk about stuff like that. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't yeah. really do didn't it. Did you sing that song? What was the song like? Uh, on top of spaghetti, all covered with cheese. Or something about your teacher's head. Uh, or something? No, uh, I just kind of kept. Okay, it. let's remember that song, just so y'all don't think I'm a psychopath because I'm not. So Devin on remembers top the song. That spaghetti, kinda... all covered with cheese. I saw my poor meatball and somebody. Sneezed. But it was that was a te- that was a teacher version. Oh, all covered in blood. I saw my poor teacher or something like that. It's terrible. It was something. I took a bazooka and blew off her head. You know, I went to her funeral. I went to her grave. Some people threw flowers. I threw a grenade. You know that kind of thing. It's just <laughs> a song that. like that. That's just normal stuff. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was normal stuff. Yeah, just Matt, normal stuff. Like put- Matt, didn't you do something to a teacher one time, or who was that? They put like sleeping powder in a teacher. You're talking about our. I'm not going to name names, but it wasn't me. Well, it wasn't you. I couldn't remember. It was H G initials. <laughs> H G. His initials were H G. Okay, here it is. On top of old Smokey, all covered with blood. I shot my poor teacher with a 44 slug. I went to her funeral. I went to her grave. Everybody threw flowers. I threw a grenade. I shot her with pleasure. I shot her with pride. I couldn't have missed her. She was 40 feet wide. There you go. <laughs> when the funeral's over to make sure she was dead, I took a bazooka and blew off her head. That, that, was, the, that was just the thing we used to sing. No, all I ever I did, I did the diarrhea song. I, everybody, everybody did diarrhea, but I didn't do Kill My Teacher. So anyway, I don't think the diarrhea? These, this yeah. is just the hand sanitizer verse to that song. That's all I think this is. Yeah. I did diarrhea. <laughs> Diarrhea. Oh, yeah, all kinds of those. When you're walking down the hall and you feel something fall, diarrhea. 
when you slide into first and you feel something burst diarrhea. Yep. Devin, you got one? You're the singer. Um when you're climbing up a ladder and you feel something splatter, diarrhea. <laughs> that one? When you slide into second and you feel something pleasant, diarrhea. I thought it was when you can't wait a second. When you slide into second, you can't wait a second. I, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's the news with Toby. That'd be really easy to rhyme stuff if you just use the same word. (laughs) When you're feeling really fat and you look very fat. (laughs) Such a great lyricist. All right. Well, I guess we got to get out of here. Yeah. Does anybody have a a good joke? (laughs) Devin, Devin, you got any fat jokes or good jokes? You got any good jokes, jokes? Devin, to, to get us out of here? Good jokes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Last week, uh, Joey and I watched the game together, and he pulled out snacks, and he was eating wheat thicks. <laughs> 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 